Welcome to Books with Bagby. This is a podcast about the books written by educators and those read by educators. We will look at uh, passions and soapboxes of educators, as well as their favorite books. In this episode, we have Mr. Mike Ballard from Hamilton County Schools. Let's take a listen. So, Mike, what is your education origin story? Well, thanks for having me on, Greg. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm a big fan, first of all. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly of you. Oh, I Okay, all right. And all the things you do. Uh, All right, so my origin story. um, When I was in college, I, uh, I was the lab assistant for photojournalism. And so I got to teach uh, photojournalism students how to develop film and how to develop photos. And, um, you know, it was a great job, loved it. Actually made a little money and learned a lot about photography with that. Uh, But I had never really planned on being a teacher. I was thinking I was gonna be a lawyer, sadly. No offense, lawyers, but uh, you know, I had this opportunity to, to do this photojournalism class and um, did it for a few semesters and really enjoyed it, but the, the, the process of it changed for me uh, maybe my third semester in when I had this one student uh, who was an older gentleman, a non-traditional student. Uh, Probably in his, at the time, this was in the uh, late 80s, early 90s actually, uh, he was probably 60 years old maybe, and um, didn't really know his background, his story, but he was, he was in this photojournalism class, and uh, he asked if he could develop this old roll of film. And uh, I said, sure, you know, depending on how he stored it, whether or not it would actually come out or not. And, so that's pretty much all he said. Well, he, he developed the film. I never saw what was on it. And uh, he didn't really say anything else about it until the first day that we were going to develop these photos. And so he gets to the enlarger, he learns all that. And uh, I told them just to develop something from, from the roll of film that they had created. And uh, so I was standing next to the guy when he put... The, his first photo into the developer and of course you put it face down and then uh, you flip it over and after it kind of starts developing and um, and I'm standing right next to him and he flips it over and it's a bunch of soldiers uh, they're in the jungle a bunch of young kids uh, and I look over at the guy and I said oh that came out really well and he is sobbing mm. and so I said oh my gosh what's wrong and he said, well, I was in Vietnam, and this is a photo of me with my best friends, and everybody else in this photo died in Vietnam. I was the only one that lived, and I've not brought it. I've not been able to uh, bring myself to develop this film, and here it is. And he thanked me, thanked me for that uh, experience. Oh. I didn't do anything <laughs> yeah. but uh, show him how to do it. But I did 
teach him how to uh, how how to do this photojournalism uh, process, and I loved that feeling. I loved how I felt to be able to help somebody else achieve this impactful life uh, story. And and um, man, that was it. I was hooked. Like I I really threw myself into uh, this lab class and teaching people and seeing their reactions and that's that's when I knew that I wasn't going to be a lawyer that I knew I was going to be a teacher and uh, yeah I've, I've had a lot of great uh, aha moments since then mm -hmm. but my first aha moment with a student was probably one of the best Wow and since you've had that aha moment so early and you're maybe towards the middle of your career what has your career consisted of up until now if you don't mind oh sharing. yeah sure absolutely um so i started out in history and government um and love that love teaching world history the older the better uh i usually say that if it's not 400 years old it's just current events and uh so would would share that with my world history kids and kind of rib the U.S. history teachers about it, <laughs> um, but yeah, that was uh, that's what I thought I was going to be doing. And then um, another guy that graduated college with me and started our, we started our first jobs together at uh, Chattanooga School for Arts and Sciences, uh, and then he had another opportunity outside of education. Decided to leave. Uh, he was. A physics teacher but also a computer teacher and so when he left uh, the administration at CSAS I loved them um, but it was kind of uh, odd how they decided that I was going to be the next computer teacher at CSAS just because I was best friends with this guy named Mark Winnig and I was like our friendship does not mean I know anything <laughs> about computers but uh, gave that a shot loved it and um, I've been teaching technology and ed tech ever since um, at a couple of different schools, 21st Century Academy, uh, where I was a technology facilitator, and then central office. Now I get the great, wonderful opportunity to teach teachers and principals and administrators. So, so I don't know if you remember, but at 21st Century Academy, you brought a computer to my classroom when I was teaching band, <laughs> and I set it up, and I got called into the office the next morning, and because I set up the computer, I was therefore teaching computer the next year because you're the technology facilitator. Yep, yep, absolutely. And I, I apologize for that. <laughs> and maybe change, change in your career, career path a little yes, bit. Yes, I unboxed uh, and now look. Yeah, yeah. So what is one of your educational soapboxes that you like to get on and say, hey, y'all, this is a little bit off. Um, I just want one. Oh. If you have one, <laughs> um, oh wow! About education in Hamilton County, in particular. No, no, no. <laughs> it could be your district that you work in, or in general, global education. Either or, actually. Um, okay, I've got a couple. Uh, I just want one soapbox. You can tell me passions later. One soapbox. Oh, okay, all right, fine. Uh, one soapbox. Well. I would say that uh, very often uh, 
districts, when they, and in education enterprises, when they want to make a change, a lot of times they feel like, or if they want to, uh, not necessarily change, but evolve, implement a new way of thinking, a lot of times they uh, go outside the district to do that and don't really look at the expertise that they've got right in-house. Um, I understand fresh blood is needed sometimes, but, um, you know, I, I do believe in promoting from within uh, to a, a certain extent, um, and there are districts that that don't. Mm. <laughs> and I'm trying to be really politically correct on this soapbox. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I just think that there needs to be maybe a uh, a survey, uh, a, a, an assessment of the expertise that's right there um, among folks. A lot of times, you know, people uh, in education know uh, know people for the thing that they are actually doing in their job, but never ask them what other skill sets do you have. And so, I don't know. I think uh, look in look inward first yes. before you look outward. I will just sum it up that way. How's that? That's, that's a great <laughs> summation, and, and it goes along with the whole idea of the profit in its own land is never. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's your one soapbox. <laughs> so tell me a passion, an educational passion that you have, one or two or. Okay. Or just one. <laughs> All right. Well, and. Uh, or how your passion fits into education. Yeah. And so let's, because you and I discussed this beforehand and, and I pitched it to you, make sure that this would be okay. So hopefully it, it is. Um, uh, all right. There's an old saying, of course, you know, experience is the greatest teacher. Uh, I fully believe that travel is, is the greatest experience. So, so um, ipso facto, uh, travel is also the greatest teacher. And I, I, I do fully believe that. You know that travel is one of my passions. Um, and not just travel to get away, sit on a beach, but travel to learn. And then taking those learning experiences and bringing them back. Therefore, uh, do a lot of travel to some very difficult places. Places that are not, well, places that when we arrive, they can't believe that there is a quote-unquote tourist there. So... What, what, what places... What, Give me a, a country or two. Okay. Well, uh, recently, uh, Iraq. Uh, so we went to Baghdad. We were in Baghdad for New Year's Eve and New Year's Day this, this year. So that was definitely an experience. Um, uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, Turkey. We were, we were in Turkey right before. And by we, I mean me and Angela, uh, my wife. Uh, we were in Turkey right before the earthquake hit, about a, I don't know, a few weeks before that. Uh, and Algeria. We went to Algeria, which is just now opening its doors to tourism. Um, and I could talk a lot about that. I, I will say this as a, as a history teacher, Algeria is, uh, Algeria and Lebanon 
Okay, another weird place that I've been to, Beirut. Uh, but Algeria and Lebanon, if you are a history person, and in particular a Roman history person, those have got to be on your short bucket list. The, the ruins and the sites in Algeria and Lebanon are better than anything you can find in Europe. I, I will... I will argue that and win. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a, that's a passion. And so, this is why you said only one soapbox, but here, it, this is a related thing. Uh, you know, I, I travel to all these weird places, not just for my own education, but also to, um, maybe not subtly, but, but definitely to uh, show that they are safe, that, that there is a huge misconception about most places in the world, that it's unsafe, that you shouldn't go there, that, uh, oh my gosh, you're going to be murdered or kidnapped or at the very least uh, eat something that's going to upset your stomach. The world really isn't like that. Uh, yeah, there are dangerous places, there are uh, dangerous people, certainly, uh, but you can find both of those anywhere. And to label a country as dangerous or, or shouldn't be visited, I think is a huge mistake. You are you're limiting your own experience as soon as you decide that. So uh, I travel to these places and then come back and talk about them and say how wonderful they are, hoping that people will hear that and go, oh, yeah, North Africa, the Middle East, uh, former war zones. Uh, can be visited, and so much can be learned from that, and not just not just the places. And you know, I've seen some amazing sites. Uh, went to Babylon, actual Babylon. Uh, stood in the place where Alexander the Great died. <laughs> so uh, the, the places are wonderful. But beyond that, in all of these countries, in all of these locations, the people are the most amazing part. They are kind and friendly and welcoming and go out of their way for you. And that happens the world over. And, and honestly, the, the worse the history and, and sometimes the worse the, the, the current conditions are, the more uh, welcoming the people tend to be. Wow. Um, I, I travel to see places, but I mostly want to make new foreign friends. There we go. Well, thank you. Yeah. That's great. Thanks. So the last thing before we close out, what book motivates you educationally or inspires you educationally, or what is a great educational read for you? For Mike Ballard. Okay. Yeah, this is Books with Bagby, so I guess yeah, we should get so to the books part. Yeah, we've got to talk part. about a book. <laughs> Actually, just one book, because I know you read lots of books that I wouldn't. So, ah. give me one. Just one, please. Uh, okay. And explain why. Okay. Uh, well, this is a book. It's, I wouldn't call it an educational book, but then again, all yes. books educate. Exactly. Uh, uh, so, it's it's called The Name of the Rose by Umberto Eco. Uh it's, it's just a fantastic murder mystery set in uh, a medieval monastery. Uh, but 
and the story's great, and the the murder is complex, and uh, I I love the storytelling of it. And Umberto Eco uh, was a fantastic story storyteller, uh, but more than that, it's uh, it's a read that inspires you to read more. Hmm. Uh, and there's this one scene in the book, and by the way, it is a movie with uh, with Christian Slater. Okay. <laughs> and um, uh, when he's very young, he might be fourteen in this in this movie. Don't watch the movie though. <laughs> Read the book uh, because the movie uh, misses a lot of the point, of course. And, and we say that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Movies can never really compare to great books, but. Uh, so there's this one scene where Adso, the, the young apprentice, uh, Christian Slater, uh, as he plays it in the movie, he's in, the, in this library, in this, this ancient library uh, full of scrolls, and he's doing research. He, he's helping the, the investigating monk try and figure out what's, what's going on and why these murders are occurring. And so he's doing research. And so he... he reads books, reads manuscripts, reads scrolls, and the scrolls reference other scrolls. And the, the manuscripts reference other, other manuscripts. And so there's this scene where he realizes that books themselves have this shared language, this, this experience, this, this, is, this existence outside of the humans that wrote them, that they talk to each other, reference each other, and we have the opportunity to peek into that relationship. You read one book that says something about another, and then you read that book that says something about five others, and then you read all five of those, and the, the thirst for new knowledge and reference knowledge increases. And so, I, I mean, it, it blew my mind, and uh, then I just I read everything that Umberto Eco wrote, after that, and uh, then went back and started reading the classics. I, I never had to read Moby Dick in mm. high school. And here I was uh, in college reading this book, and so I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go read Moby Dick and, and Crime and Punishment and uh, War and Peace and all of the, the, the hard books <laughs> that, yes. that everybody agonizes over being assigned. And I loved them, loved Moby Dick, loved Crime and Punishment. I turned into a huge Dostoevsky fan. So, you know, uh, educational books are designed to inspire not only our teaching, mm -hmm. but also our own personal education. And it's, it's amazing that you might find that seminal book in the murder mystery section, <laughs> you know? yes. and uh, yeah, so I, I that's that's my one. Okay. And, wait, I gotta say another. Okay, fine. Also, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy because I can't not. I mean, I read that book once a year uh, just because I still find it hilarious, <laughs> and uh, and everything that Douglas Adams did too. So yeah, there we go. So what are the two books again? Uh, Umberto Echoes, The Name of the Rose, and then Douglas Adams, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the, the trilogy, really, of four books. 
a trilogy of four books. I find that hilarious. <laughs> yes. Someone can. So, Mr. Ballard, where can people find you? Are you on the interwebs? Are you on the socials? And what do you do that folks can connect with you? Got it. Uh, well, it's it's mostly the travel stuff uh, that that you can find. It's at wemarriedadventure.com. That is, uh, it's my wife, Angela, and I. Uh, we, I mean, a blog is an old word, <laughs> um, and it kind of started out as that, but it's, it's um, you know, travel ideas, uh, uh, travel help. Yes. Uh, we also have a Facebook group. Uh, it's just called How to Travel the World. So uh, it's a place where you can go and ask a question about an upcoming trip or, or about a destination that you're curious about and post that to the group and uh, then, then get responses from, uh, from the folks that have participated in and, and uh, gotten help from other people as well. And, uh, and Angela and I, of course, chime in on that a lot. But yeah, wemarriedadventure.com. If you go there, you can find all the other stuff and, uh, and read the, the silly little things that we have written about travel. <laughs> And I have to say that I actually use your service, actually, uh, use your wisdom uh, last year when took a family trip to Europe. So thank you for your service, sir. <laughs> ah, you're very welcome. I, if I can't be the one traveling, it almost gives me as much joy to help somebody travel because I, I believe it is one of the greatest things that we get to do. And just last night, I quoted you at a book club when we were talking about Think Again. And I said, this friend of mine said that one thing we should do for any high school senior graduating is buy them a passport. That's right. And yeah. the folks, they all looked at me and they said, yeah, that makes sense. Yep. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Especially after they turn 18, because then it lasts for 10 years. Yes. So don't get, Versus five. Yeah, don't get them a junior passport. On yeah. their 18th birthday, that's that's the thing. On their 18th birthday, get them a passport. And... and by so doing, you give them the world. Yes. Well, thank you, sir. Absolutely. Thanks. Uh, anyway, <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. Uh, thank you for being a part, being a part of Books with Bagby uh, and this other venture that we do with it. Um, I appreciate you. And whether you're reading a book or watching the movie in a classroom, boardroom, whatever, always remember to ask good questions, answer the ones you can, make someone feel special. Be great because you are great. Oh, look at you. I love your tagline. <laughs>